2: Sir. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to another episode of the California Penal League podcast. I am Steve. With me, as always, is Chris Slocum, Anthony Fabiano. Um, we are suffering all together through an ongoing seemingly endless major league baseball lockout. So uh, a new thing that we're rolling out in this long, dark offseason, uh, and possibly doing every year moving forward. Cause it sounds super fun. Uh, we're getting into a little retrospective action. Um, the gist is that we will be doing retrospectives on w- the, whatever year it ends up being. Uh, we're going to do a 10 year, 20 year and a 30 year retrospective of We'll just call them Cleveland Indians teams because I don't want to have to get into some weirdness because they aren't they weren't Guardians so we're just gonna
2: and technically yeah technically we're technically that's it yeah we're not
0: we're not incorrect so I'm not trying to like hurt anybody here we're gonna don our racist face paint once more that's yes in the comfort of our homes yeah I
1: keep telling Fabs that nobody can see it uh, but he just
2: insists so um, (laughs) we are gonna do for the fans that's right. Uh, I, I we, appreciate the dedication he puts into it weekly. Yeah, it is. It is very detailed. Sorry right, about talking scare. about racist
1: face paint. <laughs> let's talk. Uh, let's talk about baseball. Um, we are going to start the retrospective with a real grim season. We're going to go ten years back. We're gonna We're gonna reach back into the past, and we're going to talk about the 2012 Cleveland Indians. Um. In a word, the season was grim. And this was right around – the context for this is, like, clearly this was Maniacta's last season as uh, manager. He was fired, actually, with six games left in the season. Um, we'll get into that in a minute. But this was that stretch from 2010 to 2012 that is, like, really one of the more anonymous stretches of Cleveland baseball, like – in i mean certainly in our lives but oh, yes. this you got to really dig back to think of like a few <clears throat> years where like cleveland was the indians were like this terrible and not even like maybe like awful in some ways <laughs> but like utterly anonymous um there are the seeds C- C- of the team that would make the playoffs obviously the next year and then the world series a few seasons later but in 2012 baby that wasn't happening um so just to get into it a little bit, give you guys a little fun, some fun numbers here. So in 2012, the Indians finished a whopping 68 and 94. They finished. Jesus Not <laughs> nice. Not um, a nice fin- season. Yes, they finished fourth in the American League Central, um, as you can imagine. But the crazy thing is they were only three and a half games out of first place in on July 26th, after beating like Justin Verlander and the Tigers. So, thinking back on it, there was a time, and like when I look at the team and the stats overall, I'm like kind of blown away that that was even possible. But right up until the trade deadline, the Indians were like right in the hunt, and it all came crashing down in August when they went 5 and 24. In August, which, you know, if you want something notable about this season, um, that's the worst month ever in franchise history. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: I have a fun stat oh, about this. Give it. So if you were a Cleveland fan, you probably were drunk most of the year as every Cleveland pro sports team finished last in their division. The Browns under Pat Shermer would be five and eleven. The Cleveland Cavaliers would be twenty-four and fifty-eight. Oh. So it was a banner year for Cleveland athletes. Oh my
1: God. That was one I remember Ugh. so I remember having discussions with because we lived in Columbus at the time, fabs together. Yeah. And I Rept. remember this also this these two seasons, eleven and twelve, spurred us and our friend John to start creating those fake promotions because we were yes. so yep just like fed up with the team disenfranchised yeah gym. we were, it was we awful. were absolutely it was awful at our depths um and we were creating you know jar of human hair night ziploc bag of mayo night um <laughs> rabbit apes take over the stadium night like it uh that was what was the birth of of that because we just couldn't take it anymore uh we were watching like chuck i remember like we'd walk we'd go to the bar and we'd like <laughs> watch goodness we'd watch a terrible game Chuck Letty's show yep. chuck's last call would be on <laughs> on sports yep. time ohio and we would just get drunk and, yep. and come up with the ridiculous promo names
0: yeah it was great and, and that like, was have didn't, you, guy actually, guy didn't it.
1: you prank call him no we never did um but there i never did no salmon our friend john did put together a super cut of some of the best prank calls throwing really the Chuck best last call. pranks yeah this was so a lot of fun stuff was spurred out of these really bad years because that was also when somebody called into Chuck's last call and said Justin Master would would say things like Justin masturbate and um, that Justin Masterson <laughs> yes. was the MVPness of the, of the team. And so like all sorts of like, you know, the fun thing about having like a really terrible team sometimes is that you have all these like really hilarious memories of like coping with it. And that's, that's like what I remember most from 10 years ago is just coping with it. Because we we talked about how Cleveland was like, it's so funny when you look back. Because in 2012, we were like, we may not see a Cleveland team win anything for a long, long time. Like we thought that was mm-hmm. like, we we're about to enter like two decades of ineptitude. And it's really funny to think in like four years later, where things ended up. You'd win a you championship.
0: Know? I mean, yeah, I still vividly remember you tech you and I like being Nancy Drews, seeing the LeBron back to Cleveland rumors, and then you texted me at work. And then I just left work early that day. <laughs> when Send when up. like the the sports illustrated article came out where he was returning. And uh yeah that, and that's the thing. I was literally thinking about that this week of how different and this season is like a really good. I'm glad we picked this season because the, the season right after this, they would be in the one the they would yeah. lose to Tampa in the wild card game, and then two seasons later they would uh, make that remarkable stretch to the that run to the World Series. Just how quickly I it I know it can seem awful, but like how quickly things can turn around. Like none of us thought the Cavs would be like. My hope this year was. Make the play-in game, and they're third in the East right now. The Browns, as disappointing as the season was, like they still went, you know, eight and nine, and uh, there was a bunch of ridiculous injury. Like they're going to be in the playoff hunt next year. That wasn't the case in this time in this time period. Like there was no hope for the Cavs. Like LeBron was w- in the midst of winning his that was his championship championship season yep. uh, <clears throat> when they beat uh, OKC his first uh, championship. So, like, the the Indians, oh, my God, we were enduring Manny Acta. We, we didn't know that we were going to have, you know, a, a uh, manager savior, like, r- right around the corner. Um, so, it's, it's mm-hmm. really fun to just, like, look at teams and think – I think the four-year stretch is always, like, that college window. Mm-hmm. Four years. So much stuff can happen uh, to you in four years in your life, but also to pro sports teams. Like, four years ago, the uh, – uh, the Falcons, you know, they were Super Bowl contenders and now they are one of the worst teams in the league. Four years ago, the Bengals had the red rifle and now they went to the Super Bowl with a completely different quarterback. So, mm-hmm. like, it, it's crazy. So, I'm I'm glad this was, like, a really fun exercise to realize how one, how lucky we are as Indians slash Guardians fans because this was, we haven't had many stretches that have been very long of total ineptitude. So it's fun to look at those stretches because even as bad as this team was, like you said, there were still some, some, some seeds beginning to grow for what would become a like very memorable run in 2016.
1: Yes. The seeds that you speak Um, of, they're there. Um, You know, I can't wait to get into some of these like ridiculous
2: names (laughs) that you'll hear there are some i'm looking at the roster right now there are like this was and i forget like that this was really truly the beginning of that 2016 team yeah you have so like it, it blows your mind when you really kind of step back and look at it
1: well, and you think of the think of the backbone um, of of that run. Carlos Santana is 26 years old in 2012, and he uh, is starting mm-hmm. to solidify himself as an on base machine. Um, he was the catcher <laughs> that year. Um, Jason yeah. Kipnis, in his first full season, I believe, uh, was 25 and had one of his better years, where he uh, he hit 257, had a 335 on base percentage. Um, and hit like 14 homers and 22 doubles. Uh, He was one of the leaders on this team. You have Michael Brantley, who's 25 in 2012. Um, And so you have sort of what becomes that core group leading into the stretch of 2016, 17, and 18. Um, But then you also have the previous iteration and so it's really interesting because 2012 is so clearly that like apex of the mm-hmm. old version of the cleveland indians versus what they would become because you also have like travis hafner still on the team at this point and he missed like Pronkville baby dude this was when Pronkville was a
2: 35 half- year old yeah was a became 35
1: a year old at this point yeah it, yeah that it, it was a shanty town that got raised uh, very quickly because he missed like <laughs> multiple months with a bad back that year. So he only had like 219 at bats, and he hit like 228. Still had a 346 yeah. on base percentage and a 120 OPS plus, but he just like he was just busted. Um, and so you have Travis Hafner. You also have his Drupal Cabrera um, on this roster. I loved him, dude. He had I loved his Drupal so much. I'll tell you what. I mean, there's a reason why he's still playing,
0: but he had a good <laughs> Just year. remarkable.
1: It's pretty nice. Yeah. He had a good year in 2012. Um, Really solid. 270, 338 on base, 16 yeah. homers, um, 35. Well, 14 OPS plus. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, then Shinsu Chu really probably was the MVP of the team that year. What he had, 283 average, 373 on base, 16 homers, 43 doubles. Like, you know, these are names that like there are just like those two bookends. So I I like it for that. But then where I really like where I really get jazzed is when I start to look at like, oh, also, I forgot to mention. This was also the offseason where the Indians signed Grady Sizemore to a one year, five million dollar deal. And he never stepped
2: foot. On the field <laughs> so there's that too that was the um, beginning of that trend where uh, then we just started giving danny salazar 1 million or uh, 5 million dollar yearly deals as well mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty grim
1: uh, the thing that like <clears throat> the thing that's so crazy about 2012 and obviously this is probably why they overspent and like went nuts in the next off season oh. Is that that was a total course correction? It, it was a course correction that also blew up in their face, and I'm amazed that they survived it. But you know, here here's some of the like acquisitions, both preseason and in season, that the Indians made in 2012. Before the season, I already mentioned Sizemore, and uh, I already mentioned Sizemore. Oh, Casey Kochman was signed to a one year, three million dollar deal to be our first baseman. <laughs> um, Good old Roberto Hernandez was, uh, re, uh, I think it was a club option that year, so he came back. Those weird years, uh, the Indians acquired names like, I mean, Derek Lowe. They were acquired as the veteran presence in the rotation. Uh, he was thirty nine. Oh my god! So, holy hell, I did not realize he was thirty nine and still made twenty one starts. So. They acquired Derek Lowe, Kevin Slowey, Aaron Cunningham. Like, I mean, names that just, you you feel nothing. Yeah, these are just names. And then what was really crazy is I looked at the trade deadline that year for the Indians. I was like, oh, maybe they moved some people. Nope. They traded a random right-handed pitcher, jose de la torre for brent lillibridge from the red sox that was like the big acquisition that trade deadline and then they traded steven wright goodness. to the red sox for lars anderson steven wright i believe was the knuckleballer so yes he is i'm extremely bummed that i forgot he was in the indians or was. <clears throat> but so i mean you're talking about like nothing like i might as well have said nothing there that's how just sort
0: of like nondescript that entire well, this season's This season is interesting, Steve, because I remember the twenty eleven season pretty vividly. Um I, I remember vividly uh where we used to do trivia at Grandview Cafe, um, when the Indians got out to that thirty and fifteen start. Yeah. And it's like, oh damn, like this team is like this team's legit. And and they were seven games up on Detroit. Uh, they faded eventually, but they finished second. They were eighty and eighty-two, so uh, there was like at least some optimism that, like, oh, maybe they could be like a wild card team this season. Were they eighty and eighty-two and, like, in two
1: thousand eleven? Yeah, they were. Oh, yeah, boy. Yeah. That's and a bad so omen.
0: That like that, yeah, that really flipped. <laughs> I, I yeah.
1: know another team that went eighty and eighty-two recently.
0: <laughs> it, dude, if this team finishes with this record, something something catastrophic, like a Zeppelin crashed into the field. <laughs> And we had to start our our single A team, right?
1: <laughs> it was just all a bunch of scabs, <laughs> like for whatever reason. Our yeah,
0: yeah they they had all of our double A and our triple A players on the field all at once for a photo op, and then like a promotional Zeppelin falls and just wipes out everybody.
1: Bane, yeah, Bane shows up, and they have open tryouts around <laughs> town and. <laughs> I was in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um,
2: Chris what do you remember about Here's something 2012? I just pulled up too Well I was like Okay cause you were just going through the names And just, first yeah. of all The Indians actually did have Two all star Representatives that year You, you mentioned Ash Do you guys care to guess who the other Representative was Oh, um was it Chris Perez? It yeah, that would was. be a guess. Yeah. Okay. It was Chris Perez? <laughs> because he
1: had he had like 20 some saves. The only reason I know this is because I this I had to double check. This was the season where Chris Perez puked on the mound after a game at yes. with against the Cardinals, and he had like 20 some saves like real quick. And I knew, yeah, he was an all-star, yeah, and he puked on the mound.
2: That's right, yeah. I can't believe um, Shinsu Chu didn't get a nod. That's interesting. yeah. I was I was trying to figure out who our reps were, <clears throat> um, but as far as like memories, I mean, I Shelly Duncan was on that team. <laughs> That's right, um, Jack Hannahan. <laughs> Jack Hannahan, who I like, quickly started like cursing to the levels that i would curse casey blake Mm, just a few years prior Mm -hmm. um and then maybe mercifully was this matt Laporta's last season with us i believe so i believe it was yeah yeah Um, yeah so that ended that experiment
1: yeah oh and i forgot okay so a couple other things um I, I'll just rip off a few things. Lonnie Chisenhall was on this team as well. I forgot to mention him. Yeah. Um, like okay. Bradley made the, the squad too. Yes, he did. Um, however, I will tell you this. Your corner your corner players, first base was Casey Kochman, third base was Jack Hanahan, left field was Shelly Duncan. That is a recipe for pure shit. Like, you deserve to I'm actually to surprised they got the 68 wins. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> like I mean, in hindsight. not they got lucky because when they went five and 24 in August, it's like you, you built up enough like cred up till that point to, to withstand like a bad stretch like that. But like they, this should not have even been like, they should have been lucky to even get like 60 wins. It's unbelievable. They outplayed that whole year um, to, to even like get to that point. Uh, and the other name that we haven't mentioned yet too, because this is such a strange year. They also in like the middle of April signed Johnny Damon. And he had
2: yes, you know, that was the year. Yep. A
1: whopping. He actually played quite a bit that year. He had he appeared in 64 games. Uh, he was awful, but uh he was there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he was. Johnny Damon showed up for a while. It's so nuts. Uh that the names that just like stand out is like grotesque. Uh and then and then you uh, move over to the pitching staff and it's like, okay, Justin Masterson, he's 27. Um, I think his best year was the next year when they made the playoffs um, in 2013. Yeah. But the rest of the yeah. rotation is Ubaldo Jimenez um, who had a 540 ERA. Zach McAllister was the best starter they had with a 424 ERA in 22 starts. Derek Lowe, Josh Tomlin, um, who had a nice 636 ERA. Uh, Genmar Gomez is a name that might take you back a there little is bit. There's a name. They didn't have a starter. They did not have a starter with an ERA oh, plus. You're
2: missing you're missing another guy who got I, into twelve ga- twelve starts. I'll mention him in a second.
1: Um they didn't have like okay. a main starter with an ERA plus. No. Even close to 100. And they no, all had. Your, fits your two mainstays like, were. It was Ubaldo and Justin Masterson were your two.
2: You're one and two. Yeah. I was going to say they yeah. were two constants. Now, you, Man, I think those. Yeah. They had terrible years. God awful.
1: Um, and I'm looking at like the strike to walk ratios and it's just, gross. I mean, it's just heinous. Like. Nobody even had eight strikeouts per nine innings, and almost everybody was averaging three to four walks per nine innings. Oh like, it, it, that is
2: Could, gross. This is slightly <laughs> off topic, but since we're talking about the pitchers, can we also just take a moment and just, like, thank whatever higher power um, you believe in that Justin Masterson wasn't signed to a long-term
0: deal? Oh my god! That, that would have been, been the one that that might have broken him.
2: them. That like
1: if they had signed yeah. Swisher and Born, and then and then signed Masterson, and all three of those blew up in their face. Ah, uh, man, that would have been tough. Because he, after 2013, just imploded. As far as I remember, I mean, Let's what's a, wild we is we like, take
0: a look at us now. As you take, there is a, there is a. Time frame where Masterson, Obaldo, and Derek Lowe oh. is like that's winning your World Series and in, in, in a
1: certain year. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It would have been like <laughs> it wasn't so, this year. No. It was so not 2012.
2: He, no. Masterson actually did make the All Star team in 13. Yep. Yeah, he, yeah, he was, was the ace. 14 and 10 with a 3.45 ERA. Mm-hmm. Um, 195 <sighs> strikeouts
0: easily his best season. In 2011 that was he when we got a, Ubaldo at the trade deadline, yeah. right? That was like the big I, That was the big position. Yeah, I, be- be- year, I right? believe so. Okay. So got his pitching rotation, his pitching style really stressed oh, me out. That was a
1: that was a wind up that just could never be replicated. <laughs> like it was yeah. just like
2: two nuts. That was why he well, I mean, that was that like why you show down.
0: at some point he was
2: yeah. actually decent ish in Colorado. Ubaldo's been
1: up and down for his career. I mean, didn't he have a decent he had wasn't 2011 okay with uh even Cleveland? No. No god, he was bad in Cleveland. No, in, in 2013, Ubaldo was had a 3.30 ERA. Yeah, with, he had a with pretty decent season then. He he had a return to form. I remember he pitched well for them at some point. Yeah. Like but I think he had a 20-
2: three-year stretch stretch in Colorado from 2008 to
1: 2010. Yeah.
2: Where, I mean, his ERA was... 343. 343, yeah. 100, and 100 starts. So that's a good mm-hmm. sample size. Hell yeah. Yeah. 137.
1: 584 plus, like strikeouts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it all came crashing down. <laughs> so,
2: I mean, he had that one last really year with,
1: did. with the Indians, and then he had four pretty, pretty awful years with the Orioles. So um, and I believe that was the um, trade where the Indians traded Alex White and Drew Pomeranz.
2: Yes,
0: yes. Wait. Yeah, I was super yeah. opposed to that. I was a big on Alex White. No, was not I'm really glad that didn't do anything. It was White, Alex White from University of North Carolina, and I don't know why I know this much about Alex White. Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: he was a first round draft pick. And <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> hey, Drew Pomeranz. Those
1: actually, guys are. Dude, I would have actually loved it. He's Drew still around, Pomerant's, man. Yeah, kinda.
0: Yeah, yeah. My man's still pitching. You got a ring with Boston, right?
2: <sighs> yeah, he got. He got moved to the pen in Boston, and then you know he's well, then he said that went that resurgence out to San Diego.
1: <clears throat> he pitched well yeah. the year that the Indians took them out in 2016. He was like had like the best season of his career, I believe. I think I could be wrong. Um, now the name that we didn't mention uh, that you had alluded to, Chris, was a certain someone named Corey Kluber, also had 12 starts that year. And 26-year-old Corey Kluber oh, had, a, had a sterling 514 ERA in those 12 starts. So uh, we'd all be forgiven for not remembering what Corey Kluber was doing in 2012 because <laughs> it wasn't much. But it is just so funny to come back and look at this team that made – Maniac to lose his job um, and, and look at it and say, you know, it's funny for as bad as they were for the fact that they're the offense wasn't actually half bad because even though they didn't have a dude hit 20 home runs, they're on base. Per- like I looked at their stat, like the aggregate stats from 2012. It's not like bottom of the barrel offense. It's actually not half bad um, thanks to a, a couple dudes. But. Uh, And also they have an on-base percentage that I think this current iteration of the team would love to have. Uh, But you see these names and you're like there's quite a few guys here that like end up being part of the run just a few years later. And you just have to like – this doesn't happen for every team, obviously, but, you know, the Indians – did, did it not did enough to uh, over those next couple of years build it up. I mean, they made the playoffs in 13, but they struggled in 14 and 15 until they put it all together. But like, you know, I think even I was reading a retrospective from a couple years ago about this team and Lindor, Francisco Lindor was 18 years old in high A at this
0: point as well. So like you can,
1: you know, there's all these like pieces.
0: Um that are just and kind to of be ordinary. fair, like Acto was really brought in to be like a babysitter, like his oh, whole thing. Yeah. Like I remember, like when they hired him, like he's really good at like developing young guys, and mm-hmm. like that's all this team because they they had stripped the team down from the twenty seventeen or uh, two thousand seven year, um, and it, it was like nothing left from that that era, uh, other than Pronk. <laughs> and um, like that's that's what he was brought in for, and it's interesting because. It, it, you can argue, and like that's a whole other episode we could have. Is how influential a manager is in baseball, but it would be interesting to just like be able to see what the record would have been had there just had they just been like Manny, we really believe in you. Like we know what this team was that we gave you, and if they made the exact same decisions and the guys developed the same way, if like what his record would have been compared to what Franco has done, and I, I I assume it would have been worse. But it's it's just interesting to think about.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you look. You're talking about a manager who got. I wouldn't say a raw deal because, like, you probably knew what we, what he was in for. But pretty much a raw deal. It's like you, what are you, you're not going to succeed with this roster, and the fact that the <laughs> no. the Indians were on the hunt for a right-handed bat uh, that off season before and during the trade deadline and could not pull off anything. So they just like couldn't get a bat and you know, the pitching staff was in shambles at at this point and like the offense was okay. It was whatever, but you know, had, they had a pretty decent bullpen, but it's just like, yeah, you're you're not going to win with this. And even in spite of it, he did have some stretches where the team did play really well. You know, they, they were gunning for first place before they just collapsed in August so it's not like they were awful the entirety of his three years. But it was pretty bad baseball still. Like, we're talking yeah. like this was still the years where they were doing the... I didn't even like looking at them because they had those like silver... I, this was the years where they had the silver outline <laughs> within the script. Oh, I hated those, those uniforms. Those were so I those
0: bad. So I, I, I still just, ha-
2: I still have a Cleveland one. The, the Gray Road Cleveland with the with the silver? Yeah. Oh boy. All right. Yeah, no name on the back so I can still wear, probably
0: wear that one. Uh, no,
2: yeah, like a 2012 Cleveland um,
1: jersey or something. <laughs> or like I don't know. Hey, oh, in
0: 2011 when Steve when he was chasing chasing 600. Yeah. Who was chasing 600? Um Steve Jim Tomey when he came back in 2011.
1: Yes. Yeah, that was uh that was the year 2011 because that was when yeah
2: Kipnis was a rookie yep yeah uh and then of um, course it didn't qualify for the this sorry go ahead no i want to know i want to know what you have to say <laughs> chu was traded following the season we didn't touch on that that was the trade <sighs> the
1: chew trade was the one that brought uh, um a certain someone
2: a, a couple guys a couple yeah a couple guys actually well one um, of them being trevor somebody bauer. who might not be i would say someone yeah who might not be playing baseball much longer and trevor bauer yes yeah, so i sorry i wanted it,
1: i wanted to make sure i because the the one name i was really thinking of was uh freaking drew
2: Stuffs, <laughs> but um, yeah Stubbs was in that deal so and then there was a third yes yeah, so who, who could find wow. his way on on this year's roster that's still. right the brian's <laughs> brian shaw oh my brian god brian shaw oh, yeah. was a part
0: Albers. of that deal too so here's an interesting gregorius was part of that trade
1: yeah, yeah. so here, here's an interesting through line um the indians at the trade deadline in two thousand twelve traded steven wright for lars anderson lars anderson was actually part of that three-team deal mm-hmm. so we don't get brian shaw and trevor bauer without a ridiculous lars anderson tra- trade that they make this he was a before. decent prospect from what i remember he, he was yes you are correct like, not um, like great but like he was a former top prospect I Thought he might have cracked yeah, he was a former top prospect that ranked as high as number 17 overall back in tw- 2009.
2: 17th overall. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yep. So he he was in AAA for like 3 seasons at that point, so like it was becoming fairly clear that it wasn't going to happen, but you know, it was worth a team taking a chance yeah. on him. Um, at least the Diamondbacks thought so. so. Or something. Lars Anderson, gosh. Uh I never thought we'd be speaking about Lars Anderson. Let me see if let me see. Uh he, <laughs> so he played are. Lars Anderson played three years in Boston and that was it. But he had a total of like forty-eight at bats and I mean, he had like eight hits, so he, he had a career like 167. <laughs> so it's a blip. It's a blip. But the man played in the majors. So, you know. Yeah. Can't take that away from him. That's right. Um, And then, of course, this would also be the offseason where be- the worst kept secret in baseball <clears throat> was that Terry Francona was coming was going to come and manage here. Sandy Alomar was the interim manager mm-hmm. uh, for those six games. Manny Acta is the one that hired him. And there was, you know, the, even at that point, it was like, could Sandy Alomar be the next manager? And very quickly, that was like, no. There was talk. There there was some talk, but I think it was like cl- probably incredibly clear within the organization. It's like, yeah, we're going to get Francona for this.
2: Didn't he go like four and two or something like that at the end? Oh, I don't know. In his six games. Yeah. Maybe. If only there was a way I could look
1: this Yeah, up. if only you could tell. Hold on. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll end on this. Uh, Sandy Alomar's uh, record in those six games as a manager. But.
2: It's the last six games. Yeah, this is very exciting. Nope, oh, also. He was very mediocre. Three and three. Hey, there we go. Five hundred. He was our manager.
1: The other name I wanted to th- the other name I wanted to throw out there is what I didn't realize Jason Donald was still a part of the Indians at this point, and he was part of that three team deal for for Bauer as well. So, um, yeah, Jason Donald. What that is a name that just
2: mm.
1: I don't even know what to think. Jason Donald. Um, he actually had a pretty good uh, 2011. Hit 318 in 132 at bats. So Jason Donald. Jason Donald only played three seasons. It was 2010 to 2012 uh, with the Indians. Interesting. And he had a very interesting 2011. Anyway, that's a rabbit hole we should not be going down. Talking about Jason Donald's <laughs> baseball career. Anyway, um, from Fresno. Ooh. So all right. That kind of wraps up a little quick retrospective of the 2012 Cleveland Indians. It was a season to forget, a 68 and 94 season to absolutely forget. However, I would implore you to go back and look at the like stats of this team because you will see the the, the seedlings, as we were saying, of a uh, of what would eventually become a World Series team. Um, just a couple, and of that's what, later. That's. It.
0: I will just say quickly that's that's just one of those things that another thing that like kind of stinks about not winning the world series because you win the world series and you get this great documentary of like building the Indians team yeah. and 20, 2012 becomes like very vital right. as you, as that, that trade happens, point, as yeah. act is fired. Like that's, that's the whole like Steve Kerr coming in to the, the warriors and completely just taking that them to that next level. So just, we missed a 2012 yeah. being a five minute blip in a, a a 30 for 30 documentary. Yeah, that's true.
1: Instead, it's just relegated to us making fun of it for 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> on a podcast. So, um, all right, uh, that wraps up the retrospective on the 2012 Cleveland Indians. Grotesque as it is, um, but go back and watch some clips of it. Uh, it's always weird to. Go back and see that, and also see the weird old Sports Time Ohio score bugs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, It'll, it'll. Uh, We love you, Cleveland. Go watch some old Chuck's. Really, just go watch some old Chuck's Last Call prank calls on YouTube. I think
2: if there's anything that I'm taking away from this (laughs) is that I miss Chuck's Last Call. I really do. I really miss that he didn't have a call
1: screener at all because people were getting on there and screaming (laughs) about like turkey penis and stuff like that. Like I. The glory days, man. Just like surviving this season, you know, it, it takes a lot to get through a bad baseball season, and like sometimes you have to appreciate that kind of stuff. So, Chuck's last call got us through it. So, uh, if anything yeah. If anything, please go back and watch old Chuck's last call clips from this, uh, and then follow us on social at Cal Penal Pod, and we'll catch you guys later.